0: Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud, and under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds, and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That was Invictus by William Ernest Henley. And because we tell the truth on this podcast... That probably took me five or six reads (laughs) to get uh, a a version that I thought I could lead this episode off with. (laughs) Uh, I hope you appreciate that. Uh, That is one of my favorite poems. And I love poetry. I used to be Quite the poet back in middle and high school. (laughs) Um, And I think it's still a wonderful medium to express your experience in the world. Plus, I'm a sucker for rhymes. You know, I'm all about those dope rhymes. So that's also why I like rap. (laughs) Oh, man. This is episode seven. Also titled Invictus. Invictus is Latin for unconquered. And this episode is all about fear. The big F. Not that big F, you perverts. <laughs> uh fear. Um and just as a quick side note, there's no old business for this episode. Um I didn't have anything to address from the last one, which sort of surprised me. Also, just as a reminder, feel free to email me any questions, criticisms, comments, because I didn't get any this week, and that's why there's no old business. I like to hear from y'all, so reach out. Uh, Before we get started, last thing, bit of uh, logistics. There is an Instagram page for this podcast now. It is um, your, Y-O-U-R, underscore, E-X-B-F, underscore, podcast. Your X-B-F podcast, with underscores between your and X-B-F, and X-B-F, and podcast. So, follow me on Instagram. That'll be on the website. For all of you who have looked at the website, it'll be down by the email address at the bottom of the page. All right. So, this episode, fear. I feel like this is a topic that has been addressed ad nauseum uh, by countless, like, Way too many people to count. Podcasts and books, TED Talks, poems. Thank you, William Ernest Henley. It's not a secret. Fear is a big part of our lives. It's something that is a natural part of being a life form (laughs) that exists in this universe. Whether you feel it consciously or not, whether you have a human or a monkey brain or a dog brain, or you're a, 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 an otter or an ant, there is some level of fear. We don't, not all organisms feel it consciously an ant is not going to call fear an emotion an ant experiences fear as an instinct um oh, sorry an instinct it is an evolved reaction to danger and if we're un- trying to understand fear we have to understand that there is a reason for it it is intended to keep you safe before we had moved past way back in the day before we had moved past operating on animal instinct we were still you know more primate well that doesn't make any sense i think we're still primates (laughs) uh what am i trying to say here before we were homo sapiens there we go Fear was the cue to fight or flee or freeze. It was the evolutionary reaction to something that threatened us, to something that threatened our well-being, and most importantly, our life. Fear's number 1 purpose has been forever its number 1 purpose has been survival we have evolved to you know use our brains to think and to reason and to overcome instinct when we find it necessary or convenient or suitable But even so, we still have that part of our brain that operates at the animal level. It operates based off of survival. We still have the part of our brain whose number one, two, and three concerns are stay alive, get enough to eat, procreate. And I think I talked about that in a previous episode. It's a good point that bears repeating. That is at our most basic level what our brain is concerned with. So fear still exists. It's still a part of our lives. And for very good reason. Danger hasn't disappeared just because we've gained the ability to understand and think about it. <laughs> um, it, it no lo- fear no longer always means life or death like it used to. You know, we don't regularly have those same things to fear. Our lives in this country, let me be clear, I'm talking about this country, our lives are no longer in constant danger We typically have enough to eat, a place to sleep where we're not in danger. Um, We have the option to procreate. (laughs) And I know some of you all are thinking, I don't have that option right now, (laughs) Uh, which may be true. (laughs) But, I mean, you could if you lowered your standards. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, You know what I mean. And I know what you mean. (laughs) Those base needs are, in large part, in this country, largely being met. And yet fear still exists as a daily part of our lives. And it often means pain or discomfort or emotional hurt or, you know, grief or loss um, fear of failure. These are things that pretty much humans are the only ones that have to deal with. Unfortunately, the part of our brains that expresses and processes fear is still in survival mode. And if that isn't the number one thing that we all have to overcome on a daily basis to operate as our best selves. I don't know what is. Our our goal. I feel like this podcast has a lot of goals. I'm going to put this up there at the top with the others. One of our number one goals needs to be how do I react to situations without resorting to survival mode. Grow beyond your instincts. And our growth and progress and change all depends on us overcoming that instinctual evolutionary reaction to fear we have to accept fear as natural and it's needed it has been needed for the majority of humanity's history even after we became you know conscious we evolved to a point where our brains could perceive of themselves <laughs> um for the majority of human history, there's been a lot more danger on a day-to-day basis. Humans' first concern that dominated the majority of their existence was, where am I going to get food? How am I going to feed myself and my children and survive until tomorrow? And then at some point, You know, it was, how do I protect my family, my tribe, from outside threats, from other groups of people, from predatory animals, from disease, from weather, so many things. Seeing as how we have lived that sort of life for most of our history, we have developed fear as a great motivator. It drives us forward in very real ways. To quote The Dark Knight Rises, it is the most powerful impulse of spirit. Fear has always been one of the things. To keep people moving forward, changing, adapting, growing. It's very similar to something we've talked about previously strain. Fear is strain on the psyche, just like exercise is strain on the muscles. Fear creates. It's like a workout for our brains, for our minds. Fear and the reaction that we have to it, the changes that we make, and the ways in which we try to deal with it, those are like workouts for humanity's mind-brain situation. We are driven to prepare to excel, to be better, to avoid the things, and to conquer the things that make us afraid. All of this to say, fear can and must be harnessed. It is not something to be driven away. Probably my favorite quote of all time is something ambrose Redmoon said about fear and courage he said courage is not the absence of fear but rather the judgment that something is more important than fear think about that i feel like we've all heard various times throughout our lives about not being afraid or pushing the fear down you know it's it's a it's something we've all heard someone boast about at one point or another oh i'm not afraid that doesn't scare me in reality fear as we have experienced is a wonderful tool and like i said if you can harness it you can use it courage is not Pushing that fear away it is not acting as if you don't feel it in the first place it is feeling it and saying I'm going to use this as a motivator I'm going to use this fear and let it drive me because there is something in my life that I have decided is more important than how afraid I feel. So how do we deal with it in the first place, right? There's an author that I really like named Young Pueblo. I think that's his pen name, actually. I'm not sure what his real name is, but all of his stuff that he writes is under Young Pueblo. Coincidentally, that means young people. FYI. He said it's not about managing your emotions. It's about managing your reaction to your emotions, 100% true. Everything that you feel, all of your emotions that you feel, and I mean all of them, 100% are valid. Feeling them is okay. Feeling fear is 1,000% okay. Okay we often see people in our lives that try to suppress emotions, And I would argue that the majority of us, if not all of us at one time or another in our lives have tried to suppress some emotion because it was inconvenient or it was painful or it was counterproductive to us. And I use counterproductive in quotes because while we may have thought that, it wasn't true. All of your emotions need to be felt. There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing to be ashamed about in feeling what it is that you feel. Not only are are all your emotions valid, but they need to be felt. Again, they need to be felt. Too often in our culture, we are taught to avoid or numb or fight with our emotions. And as we've discussed previously in this podcast, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there are things being pushed as alternatives to feeling the feelings that you feel. (laughs) It is profitable for others for you to not feel all of your emotions. We're not going to get into that so much right now. Because I want to stay on the on the central topic here. Of fear. But just think about that. Feeling all of your emotions. Awesome. That includes fear. It is absolutely okay to be afraid. And as we're going to talk about. Coming from me, that means a lot. What is not okay is succumbing to fear or letting it control you. And this applies to all of your emotions, the full spectrum. You're not supposed to manage your emotions, but you must. You have an obligation to yourself and to those around you to manage your reaction to your emotions. Like I said, letting fear control you, not good. We've all felt that. I know we have. (laughs) I know I felt that for sure. Myself, you're afraid of something and your reaction to that fear is way more instinctual than you like it to be. You say, ah, I'm afraid. Do I fight? And a lot of times, nowadays, that means, do I yell and argue and make myself you know, look stupid? Do I make an ass of myself? So you say, do I fight or do I flee? And a lot of times, that doesn't mean physically running away from danger now. It means disengaging from the people around you. It means numbing yourself with distractions, alcohol and, and drugs and and ladies of the evening (laughs) Uh, with food, with any obsession that allows you to, to disassociate from what you're feeling. So you say, do I fight or do I flee or do I freeze? Freezing being doing literally nothing about it. It used to mean sitting still, not breathing being as quiet as possible. Nowadays, it means ignoring what you're afraid of. It means you're overwhelmed to the point of doing nothing productive for yourself, doing nothing to solve the problem, doing nothing to overcome your fear. The goal here is not to do that. (laughs) So you got to ask yourself in these situations, you know, where, where is the fear coming from? Seeing as how most of the time we're not in actual mortal danger anymore, although sometimes that's true. All over the world, and even in America, sometimes, or more often than sometimes, we are in mortal danger. Fear in those situations is very easy to process. We know when we're in physical danger. We know when our lives are at stake. <laughs> But now, in our country, seeing as that's not normally the case, ask yourself, where is the fear coming from? What is it that you're afraid of? What is fear indicating to you in the moment? Uh, And I think the question needs asking because a lot of times... Maybe even a majority of times. I'm going to argue that that in the majority of times, there are unfounded fears. That's a question you need to ask yourself. Is this fear even founded in reality? Is there something that is actually threatening me? Or is this self-inflicted? Or is it external? Is society, or my culture, or my family, the people that I surround myself with, my friends, are they inflicting this fear on me? And does it serve me in this situation to be afraid? Because like I said, fear is necessary, and when harnessed, can be a very effective tool for growth and progress. So you have to analyze in the situation, what is, what is going on? Um, we are no longer animals without the ability to pause and reason with the situation. We no longer are required to operate on instinct alone. So in the moment, think. I know that's hard. This is one of the hardest things to do. I have experienced this personally because who hasn't? (laughs) Uh, But just thinking back to my own experiences, it's very difficult to, when you are in the moment, pause and think. I think a, a, a great example of this is an argument with somebody you love. In the moment... Emotions are high. <laughs> to put put it lightly, you are definitely agitated. The more combative the argument, the more emotional you tend to get. Our instinct is to escalate and to defend ourselves. To to um, deflect. That's the word I'm looking for. To deflect danger, and in this case, you know, emotional pain, hurt, blame, deflect it away from us, redirect it at our partner or our sibling or our parents, somebody we love. Everybody here who's listening better understand this. That's not productive. (laughs) That doesn't help either of you. It does not make things better To react based off of these emotions that are flying high. In the moment, and this takes so much practice and you will make plenty of mistakes, so don't think that this is as easy as I make it sound. In the moment, you have to pause and think and interrupt your emotional feedback loop and decide. For yourself, what is the best course of action in this scenario for me and for the both of us? If you take a minute to think about how difficult that has been for you in the past, if you've ever tried, or the arguments that you've had, heated discussions in which things got out of hand and that would have been beneficial. You know, you're probably experiencing a reaction right now that says, how in the fuck would I ever do that when I am feeling that way? And guess what? As we have discussed, it's hard and it's necessary because it's difficult. That ability to interrupt the emotional loop And make an informed, intentional decision on your course of action is one of the core concepts that I want everybody to take away from this episode and from this podcast in general and take that with you and apply it to life as you go forward. I think everyone is obligated to make progress in this area because what is actually happening is in the moment your response cannot be dictated by fear or whatever negative emotions that you're feeling but since you know we're talking about fear in the moment your response cannot be controlled by what it is that scares you you're afraid of your let's just use a a romantic partnership because it's it's easy to relate to you cannot let the argument progress because you're afraid your partner will get mad or get more mad or you're afraid your partner will leave you or you're afraid your partner doesn't love you or maybe doesn't love you as much as you love them because you're afraid of committing, because you're afraid of the consequences of whatever actions may have transpired previously. You cannot let fear decide. Decide what is the best response for you. That's work that you have to do, you know, prior, hopefully prior to any arguments that you might have, but it applies to anything that causes you fear. What is the best response for me? How should I react? Is my emotional reaction an appropriate one? And how do I move forward in a way that that benefits me? Unless your life or someone's life is in danger, which, you know, those are times when definitely we have to run off of instinct in a lot of the situations that, that that comes up in. Unless somebody's about to die, pause, think. React accordingly. Harness that fear. Use it. Make it yours. It's going to exist either way. You don't get to not be afraid. You know, a lot of times I notice that people who say they're not afraid of something really don't mean they're not afraid. They have found a way to numb the fear or avoid the fear. But the fact of the matter is, they're still afraid they still feel it. I don't know a single person personally who has figured out a way to not feel feelings. (laughs) And I want to reach out to anybody who actually thinks that they or someone they know has found a way to literally not feel emotions, you know, or maybe it's specific emotions that they figured out who completely cut those emotions out of their lives, please reach out. I would love to talk to that person. (laughs) I don't even think that's possible, but, you know, maybe barring some sort of uh, brain injury or mental illness, I would love to talk to somebody who has, I guess, through force of will managed to cut that out. Actually, I want to talk to anybody who has a mental illness or a brain injury that can't feel a certain way. I would love to talk to you. Please email me or message me on Instagram. Reach out because I want to know more about that and I think that would make a great episode. I want to have you on as a guest. Where was I? Oh, Yes, so I said before, this topic of fear, a lot of it comes from, a lot of my desire to address it, rather, comes from personal experience, and I say that because most of my life, I was a very fearful person, I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure why I developed that way. But it's true, and I was very afraid of a lot of things, and I let that fear control a lot of my decisions. I let opportunities pass me by that I shouldn't have, like girls that I liked but didn't talk to. <laughs> um, times I should have walked away from a situation but didn't for fear of someone's reaction. Maybe because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Maybe because I was afraid of how they would act towards me. Uh, Times where I stayed complacent due to comfort and fear of change. Man, fear of change. That was a big one. I don't know why I was so afraid of change. I mean, especially as a kid, definitely that was like, one of my number one, if not my number one fear, was change. And I can remember, my parents will love this, shout out to mom and dad here. I remember this situation, not because I, my brain was developed enough to form this memory, because my parents have both told the story a million times. <laughs> and I have heard it enough for it to essentially just be my memory. When I was very young, my parents bought me Mario and Luigi underwear. When I was like three or four, I think, like right after diapers, I think that's when I had Super Mario on my underwear, on my tidy whities except they weren't white. They were covered in cool characters. One day, my mother brought home plain white underwear, plain white tidy whities and I cried like distraught tears. I was so upset over having to change my underwear, (laughs) which is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, granted, I was like four- And four-year-olds don't, you know, know how to reason. (laughs) But for whatever reason, I was afraid. I remember that. That, for sure, I do remember. I remember being afraid of the change. Why? I have no idea. But I was, like, four, like I said, and that feeling of being afraid of change and the unknown, and all sorts of other things, stayed with me, which is a bummer (laughs) for those of you who feel that way now, or who maybe remember feeling that way in the past, you know that that is a serious drag on your life. Yeah. I don't know what that was about, but it stuck with me. And time after time i would let fear dictate my reaction to things going on around me there were job opportunities i didn't feel qualified for so i didn't apply like i said there were girls that i liked but didn't feel like they would respond positively if i told them so i ignored them i didn't say anything there were you know positions in sports teams that I maybe I wanted to try because I didn't like the one I was in but I didn't I didn't try out didn't tell the coach I just let myself be assigned to what others thought I would be good at it took a lot of failure and loss and feelings of regret to finally work at overcoming what was by then my natural reaction to fear. And fast forward to today, I am completely different. I am a totally different person in regards to fear and my reaction to it. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I don't have, you know, those tendencies still. They don't disappear. But I am much better at reacting to them in a way that benefits me. And I actually think I know when I turn the corner as far as, you know, letting fear make decisions for me. I talked about, in one of my my previous episodes, I talked about my journey through the education system and college my work afterwards. I think that was last episode, actually, episode six. So when I got into the apprenticeship, into the electrical trade, I was so, so fed up with how things were going and had gone in the last five years and to a greater extent, the last 23 years. I was so ready for a change that... I made a commitment to myself in just one area of my life, which was work, my career. I made a commitment in that area to say no to nothing, to do everything that was asked of me, that would gain me experience or knowledge or a skill, to turn down nothing out of fear or uncertainty that I wouldn't succeed. And, side note, I think that is why a lot of us don't do new things that we want to do, is because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid that we won't be good in the beginning, which how often is that true? Almost all the time. But I made a commitment to myself I said, I will say yes to anything and i remember specifically when i first put that into practice i think i had maybe been in i had been a first year apprentice maybe a month or two i think it was two months i had gone to a new contractor and i knew nothing basically and this was a heavy industrial construction site on a Boeing facilities um property. My foreman at the time said, Justice, have you ever driven a boom lift before? And for those of you who don't know, a boom lift is, is, I think a lot of times it's referred to as a cherry picker. Not, we don't refer to that in the trade, but a boom lift is like a wheeled platform vehicle that has a very long arm that sticks way out and at the end of it is a a basket that you stand in and operate the machinery they're very large and the possibility for mistakes when you're first learning is pretty high because the controls while they're not overly complicated are not necessarily intuitive to anything that you've done before but getting a little bit too detailed there Long story short, I had never operated one or anything like it. And I said that. I said, "No, I've never done it before." And the very next thing out of my mouth was, "But I would like to learn." I was scared, for sure, because <laughs> not only was I scared of of making a mistake or doing something, you know, costly injuring somebody or or breaking a machine or you know costing money basically not only did i have that fear but then he said okay you're going to go up with this other guy this journeyman who had been you know he had plenty of experience and he's going to show you the ropes so we went up and the dude was terrible like we were rocking around and shaking and like shit was flying out of our our bucket He was a terrible teacher, (laughs) so I did not gain any confidence being up there with him, but I had maybe two hours with that guy, and then my foreman was like, okay, he's got to do something else. Here's a free boom lift that nobody's using. Get in by yourself. Practice. Just figure out the controls. Get comfortable. Swing it all the way around. Drive around in the limited area that we have. Let me know when you feel like, like you can, you can handle it and and we'll find something for you to do. So that's what I did. Scary shit. (laughs) Those boom lifts feel very unstable. If you've never used one before, add that to the fact that I think I was in a 60 footer, meaning the, the, the arm, the boom part extends out 60 feet horizontally Or vertically, but in the case of when you get in, it's extended out 60 feet horizontally from the base. It does not feel safe (laughs) at first, but I got in and I did, you know, a couple hours worth of trial and error and getting comfortable. And as we all know, the more you do something, the more commonplace it becomes, the less scary it gets. And that applies to literally everything. Um, Even the most horrific things in the history of mankind, if they happened enough, if they happened day after day, the people that were experiencing them them got used to it, which is a terrible, terrible thing. I took that real dark. So I'm sorry. (laughs) But I did that. And then I, I said, I'm ready. I think I'm ready. He put me to work guess what? I did great. <laughs> I was very good at working out of a boom lift. And I got to do a lot of work on that job that didn't require me to be with a journeyman, to be with you know somebody who was watching me. I, I demonstrated my skills and my willingness to learn and my, my ability to learn and get better and be productive. And I was granted the opportunity to just be, you know, productive, to go out and do the job that everybody else was doing without oversight. You now, granted, they all knew I was a first year apprentice. So I was being looked out for. But I gained so much experience on that job in such a short amount of time. It was so good for me. And from that point on, after having done that, there was nothing that I would turn down as long as it was, you know, safe as in, in my experience, because we all know construction is a very dangerous place to work, construction sites in general. And we are very well informed on what is actually safe and how to do things safely. So if that ever, if a situation like that ever came up, yeah, I knew how to say no. I don't think that's safe. But for the majority of my whole time out in the in the field, you know, quote unquote, I would always do the hard job or the scary job or the job that required me to be outside in the freezing rain. That's what I would do. And I learned a ton. I gained so much experience. Because I wasn't letting fear tell me no. I wasn't letting fear dictate my reaction. And I'm better for it. And like I said, now, I'm completely different. There is, you know, same with work. There's nothing that I will turn down if it will benefit me. There is no task I, I won't take on. No pretty lady that I won't approach, there is no position that I think I'm unqualified for that I won't apply for. Even if I don't get it, even if I get turned down by that girl at the bar, even if I fail at the task, I still do it because that is the only way we progress. We face our fear. We decide that something is more important than fear fear of failure, cannot drive you. So I'm going to leave you with this. For all my Star Trek nerds out there, y'all are going to love this because it comes from my favorite Star Trek character, possibly the best character Star Trek has ever written. Up for debate. If you want to debate that, go ahead and send me an email or a message on IG. Captain Picard, Jean-Luc. He said, it's possible to commit no errors and still lose. That is not weakness. That is life. Fear is a part of life. You are guaranteed to fail. You will get hurt. You will experience loss and grief and sadness, and you will die. It is all inevitable. So learn to accept it, learn to grow and move forward and harness that fear. Be the captain of your soul. And lastly, you can always listen to your ex-boyfriend's podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, Podbean, as I said last week. I very unfortunately am still trying to get it out on Apple Podcasts. That's my bad. I know it's been, gosh, almost two months since I've been doing this with no Apple support. Fingers crossed for next week. Here's hoping. Um, and like I said, you can always reach me by email, which is at the bottom of the website, bottom of the Podbean website. The email is your xbf podcast at gmail.com and now you can reach me at uh on instagram which like i said before is your underscore e x b f underscore podcast your x b f podcast so that'll wrap it up for this week so until i talk to you all next sunday get out there be the master of your faith Take care.